everyone, this is Will from the Money on the Left Editorial Collective, and I'm here with a new series for you called Projections. This is going to be a short series. Um, I want to really stay grounded and concise in news items, and honestly, just like a thought <laughs> per episode here. Um, I, I think that the, the through line for all of these things is that they are all thoughts that are giving me if not hope maybe are softening hopelessness um i don't have any illusions that there's a direct line between uh me saying what i think should or could happen and that thing happening um but I don't think that there's no line either. I think that you put something out in the world and maybe someone will see it. And so, yeah, this is like the recording equivalent of starting a little writing practice for me, I guess. Um, and I want to counter some of the pessimism or, you know, just hopelessness, right? Like we can, we can be pessimistic, like shit is really bad. Um, but just the nihilism and, and the, the utter absolute defeatism because there's so much at stake. And I think that the way that fascism and accelerationism works is by getting you to not continually check your priors and, you know, maybe think outside the box or flip the same thing over and look at it a new way. And so, and there are a few things that I have been flipping over and trying to look at in new ways. And so I, I want to report on the first one to you. Um, and that is Joe Manchin said about Roe v. Wade being overturned recently, um, that he's not too concerned about uh, the electorate punishing him for not moving to stop this from happening at all. Um, for Because he's going to be one of the Democrats that holds up any attempt to uh, get rid of the filibuster and pack the court and, you know, basically pass this as a law before it's too late. Um, He's going to try to block that. And his analysis is that basically what voters care about is not Roe v. Wade, it's inflation. Inflation is real and Roe v. Wade is culture wars. (laughs) And, you know, in a certain way, this is like a funhouse mirror image of like, class reductionist, you know, Marxism or materialism, right? Not, not to say that this is what all uh, self-described Marxists or materialists think, you know, like language is tricky. I think a lot of people say materialism when they just mean things that are meaningful, um, as opposed to things that are, that are bullshit, cynically designed to placate them. Um, and that's like all that uh, establishment Democrats ever do. So it makes a lot of sense to me that people <laughs> would be looking for a word like materialism. Um, but anyway, what I want to what I want to say here about this is it may be right that voters will vote on inflation and not Roe v. Wade, even though 70 percent of people nationally, Democrats and Republicans, oppose the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, right? Maybe. But I also think that this is making the mistake that reductive materialism makes, which is uh, looking at something like inflation or really any economic category 
as purely an economic category without any social or cultural meaning. Um, and in the case of inflation, to really, I think, illustrate this, right, like, why do GOP voters care about inflation and not about wages or, you know, or even just inflation of certain things relative to other things, right? Like, the price at the gas pump bothers you in a way that, if you're a Republican, in a way that your insurance premiums don't, right? One is one is the market doing what the market does, and the other one is a conspiracy to, you know, lower your purchasing power, right? And, you know, I think that what's what's going on here is that inflation is a social narrative, right? It's a story that is being told. And in that story, you have the silent majority, honest people coded as white, coded as patriarchal households uh, who have their money that they came by honestly and so they and so they're valued correctly at the beginning of the story right and then what happens is that you have an activist far-left liberal agenda to reward money to people who don't have value right and you know to people who are coded as not white um, as not breadwinners right deadbeat dads, welfare queens, you know, all this kind of racialized, you know, charged language. And inflation in this story is a manifestation of, you know, essentially unnaturally valuing the wrong people at a societal level, right? And this is the market saying, aha, you can't, you can't actually overvalue people, you're just going to cause inflation, right? And the honest people are going to have to pay for that as their purchasing power uh, is is decreased, right? So, so the inflation story really is a story about anxiety, about the purchasing power of whiteness in the world, right? And of patriarchy in the world. Uh, it fits into a story about replacement um, and just a, a general um, left-wing, vaguely anti-Semitic boogeyman uh, that is, you know, that's gonna destroy the value of your money and destroy the value of all of your hard work um and so and this is a long time you know it takes a long time to to really hone and cultivate this in in an in an audience right um this kind of intuitive legibility of the inflation story and not say the insurance premium story right or the wages are, you know, too low story. Um, the inflation story is, you know, decades and decades in the making. Um, honestly, before neoliberalism, I mean, when when Lincoln printed greenbacks, people were, you know, complaining that it was artificially uh, increasing the value of uh, newly, you know, freedmen um, whose whose work couldn't possibly be worth what the greenbacks were valuing them at. Uh, so this is, you know, inflation has always had this kind of racialized, you know, social, you know, underpinnings, um, and so it's it's more legible uh, under, um, you know, it's more legible the more uh, legible this worldview is where the left and you know, cultural Marxism and globalists and all of that are your biggest threat. Because inflation is just nature, the economy, uh, responding naturally 
to the unnatural degeneration of the economy, right? Of families, of breadwinners being devalued. Um, and so I think that this becomes really relevant for Roe v. Wade being overturned when so many Americans actually oppose it being overturned because, you know, if we take the frog in slowly uh, simmering then boiling water analogy for fascism, right? Uh, I think that, you know, <laughs> this this frog has been boiling, uh, has been brought up steadily to a boil and has thus far not noticed it by and large, um, you know, decades of watching Fox News. Uh, but you have this activist, um, you know, semi-autonomous GOP um, wing, you know, the Federalist Society, and basically all of these people have pushed for Roe v. Wade being overturned way too fast. Um, for the electorate to actually be brought up to that level of right-wing radicalization on this issue. So I think that coming back to inflation, right, um, the cultural narrative underpinning inflation is a little bit unstable right now. It's up for grabs. And cultural narratives are always up for grabs. And I think that that's going to be a real theme of this of this series, right, and why... And why I'm I'm kind of trying to own that what I'm doing here are, are projections, right? Um, there's all kinds of complicated ways that the stories that we have that are kind of shorthands for us to understand the world, you know, come into formation and kind of have their own tensions and contradictions and things that don't quite fit. And this is one of those moments where I think a lot of people are suddenly for the first time... Um, scared of the GOP. They're scared of the GOP in a way that doesn't coherently fit into the usual fears, right, of that that people tie to inflation. So does that mean that I think that Democrats aren't going to blow it in the midterms and lose everything? No, I don't know. You know, I don't have a crystal ball. I have no idea. Um, there is a crystal ball, uh, and crystal ball is terrible. Um, and so crystal balls aren't even going to be on our side here necessarily. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that the conventional wisdom about it's the economy stupid and like, you know, this kind of thing. The economy has never been just the economy, right? The economy is, it's legally mediated by institutions and, and as something that people experience, it's, it's a narrative, right? It's a story. Um, it's often a bunch of stories that don't necessarily add up with each other. And that's why it's up for grabs. And that's why um, this little series is going to be trying to point to new spots where the boundaries of legibility are changing a little bit. Um, and hopefully inspire other people to explore and push on these. Um, I have a few other things planned in the future, so I'm going to sign off. And if you want to support us, you can support our patreon that's really the best way uh and that is patreon.com slash mol superstructure uh all of the money that we make on the patreon which is really not that much for how many of us there are um all of that just goes to compensating people who help us um 
and helping those of us who live precariously, like myself. So thank you. Uh, I hope that you'll continue to listen, and I'll see you next time.